This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 28th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. If Medicare for all is too big of a stretch, what about just Medicare for more? A proposal on Capitol Hill would extend eligibility for Medicare to Americans aged 50 and older. Cato's Michael Cannon says it's yet another proposal to expand problems caused by various previous government interventions into American health care. This seems a great deal like Medicare for all on the installment plan. Is that wrong? That's just about right. The far left in this country has coalesced around basically Bernie Sanders' proposal to expand the Medicare program both by offering more benefits than it currently offers uh, to seniors and then expanding it to include seniors and everyone else. That idea is very appealing to people who uh, have not looked at the numbers and who don't understand uh, the effect that Medicare for all would have on uh, the quality of health care or the economy. Medicare for all basically means there's one way of delivering health care and it has all sorts of problems and we're not going to fix those problems. We're just going to keep throwing more money at the system that we have. On the tax side and the cost side, a former trustee of the Medicare program has estimated that even if you believe all of Bernie Sanders' fantastical assumptions about how Medicare would uh, reduce prices for health care uh, throughout the health sector, it would still require doubling taxes on the American people. And then if you don't believe those fantastical assumptions because they're, uh, they're ridiculous, then it would require more than doubling taxes. And the president's Council of Economic Advisors said that the impact on individual households would be uh, about $19,000. So they would be $19,000 poorer ones you account for both the uh, additional tax burden and the loss of income due to the shrinking economy. Uh, they also found that Medicare for all would cause the economy to, con- uh, the hit to the economy uh, that Medicare for all would produce would be almost three times the size of uh, the hit the economy took during the Great Recession. So a lot of smarter, I think, Democrats, people left the center said, you know what, this is absolute pie in the sky fantasy. We can't possibly get this passed because it is just too costly and damaging. So they're looking for alternatives. And one of the alternatives that they've, that a number of Democrats have coalesced around is uh, this proposal to expand the Medicare program gradually, first to people age 50 to 64. Uh, a few years ago, they're talking about people ages 55 to 64. They're getting even more ambitious now. And the idea is that uh, people in this age category would become eligible for Medicare. They would buy in. They might have to pay higher premiums than people who are, uh, are over age 65 do in order to participate in the Medicare program, but they would not be paying their own way. Uh, there would be substantial uh, subsidies from the taxpayers. So this is not a, a self-sustaining program. And there's a lot to be said about this idea. But the first thing that we should recognize is that the Affordable Care Act was supposed to solve the problem of access to health care for people in this age category, really for people in all age categories, but particularly for people age 50 to 64. If you recall, one of the things the Affordable Care Act did was it was supposed to bring down premiums for older uh, Americans through a type of regulation called community rating, which says that you can't charge older people more than three times what you charge younger people, that was supposed to bring down premiums for people in this age group and make health insurance affordable to them. The fact that the same people who gave us the ACA are now proposing this uh, this Medicare buy-in for the near elderly 
uh, tells us the Affordable Care Act has been a failure. And now the same people that gave us that failure say, oh, you've got it all solved now. Uh, We've got a new idea, and it is to expand the Medicare program to these people that we were unable to help with our last big idea. One of the targets uh, that is advertised on behalf of allowing relatively younger people to buy into Medicare is that it targets early retirees. My thought was, well, if you have the resources to be an early retiree to begin with, it would be nice if you were actually paying the freight for your own health insurance. Certainly, there's an alternative uh, to being an early retiree that involves uh, health insurance, and that it is to keep working. A lot, a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, have a uh, separation from employment that's not voluntary, or and then they have difficulty finding health insurance. But look, both of these problems are problems created by government. You know, the the unaffordable premiums that uh, that that advocates of a Medicare uh, buy-in for the elderly are, are bemoaning. Are ACA premiums? Those are Obamacare premiums. If you're age six, if you're age um, uh, sixty, and you make fifty thousand dollars a year, the Kaiser Family Foundation reports that uh, your premiums for the uh, for a silver plan through o- Obamacare would be about twelve thousand two hundred dollars a year, or about a quarter of your pre-tax income. And if you want the barest of the bare bones Obamacare plans, it would still be about a sixth of your income. So. Uh, so, so what they're trying to do here is they're, they're using one government failure to try to justify another government intervention. And you just identified another government failure that they're using to try to justify this additional government intervention, which is early retirees losing their health insurance when they retire or lose their jobs for some other reason. The, the, the entire reason that people's health insurance is tied to employment is that the federal government has essentially penalized for 70 years now penalized people unless they let their let an employer control a large chunk of their income and choose their health plan and make it a health plan that disappears when you stop working for that employer for whatever reason and so people who uh, who get sick uh, and then have a separation from employment or their employer just drops uh, the their coverage entirely are left in this awful situation where they have a pre-existing condition and cannot afford the uh, uh, health insurance at actuarially fair rates, uh, cannot afford the medical care they need um, uh, on an out-of-pocket basis, uh, and they can't even afford the ACA premiums that uh, that were supposed to save them from uh, from those first two problems. And, uh, and so we, what we see happening here over and over again is that the government intervenes into the in the health care health insurance market in order to try to fix a problem it ends up causing more problems than it creates and the solution uh, always appears to be more government not less government advocates of this approach never reevaluate uh, the the steps that the government has taken in the past and say look you know these have these these may have been well-intentioned interventions but they've actually caused more problems than they've created. Maybe we should be rolling back some of these interventions. No, the what ends up happening is uh, uh, they're like the uh, a workman whose only tool is a hammer, and so every problem looks like a nail. And every time they see a problem, the solution is government intervention. And it doesn't matter if the if it was government intervention that created that problem. They don't learn. Uh, they, they don't 
appear to want to learn any lessons from the history of uh, these interventions, and they just want to compound. They, they would rather just compound those problems because that appears to be the path of least resistance. Is this going anywhere? It's hard to say whether this idea of a Medicare buy-in is going to get any traction because we don't have any cost estimates yet of uh, the sort of taxes that would be required. Uh, we don't have any estimates of the uh, incentives that this would create for people to uh, leave employer plans, retire early, and this sort of thing. And uh, until we get those estimates, then um, then this is just a very vague concept that uh, that uh, uh, supporters can talk about without having to confront any of the costs. Uh, I will say this: one thing that uh, gives me hope that uh, that uh, this idea will not move forward, that it won't become law, is that uh, Democrats are proposing it, and uh, Democrats uh, have not been very good on on healthcare reform for decades, I would say now. But one way that I think they are uh, are doing better than Republicans is when Democrats expand the government's involvement in healthcare, when they ex- increase healthcare subsidies, they at least try to pay for the on-budget government spending with tax increases. The Affordable Care Act increased uh, explicit government spending, and it tried to uh, pay for that through, sure, there were budget gimmicks, but there were also tax increases and there were reductions in the growth of the Medicare program. People could look at those, decide if those costs were worth the benefits. And that, and that actually helped to build a lot of the opposition to the Affordable Care Act. It still passed, but it is much easier to stop something when, the, uh, to stop a, a proposal to increase government spending when there are costs attached to that proposal than it w- was to stop, say, the uh, Republicans' uh, Medicare Modernization Act of 2003, which created the Medicare Part D program and did not include any funding mechanism. It just heaped all that spending on the federal deficit. Uh, when you have a proposal like that that has that appears to be all benefits and you're completely hiding the cost by uh, forcing them off onto future generations, it's much harder to stop uh, that sort of proposal. And therefore, the fact that this is being proposed by Democrats makes me think that maybe uh, it, we will be able to stop it in a way that we probably wouldn't be able to if it were being proposed by Republicans and 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 they decided just to throw this uh, throw even more uh, uh, deficit spending uh, at this program rather than pay for it with current taxes. Michael Cannon directs health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.